Hello, and welcome to the NLP Highlights Podcast, where we talk about interesting recent work in natural language processing. This is Matt Gardner and Walid Ammar. We are research scientists at the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence. Today, I wanted to cherry pick a, a couple of small results from two different papers. And instead of talking about a single paper, I just thought we'd have a focused discussion about a topic I've been thinking a lot about recently. Uh, and this is training variance and statistical significance in neural net neural network methods. Um, this this comes up because we have leaderboards, uh, people like we have some shared task, and um, it, there's a lot of incentive to get the best result on a leaderboard. Uh, and when I, I've reviewed a lot of papers recently that will report something like, hey, I got the best result on this leaderboard, so my method is awesome. You should accept my paper. And I get really nervous when that's the evaluation that I see. And these, these results that I'm cherry picking that, I, that I'm going to talk about uh, from these two papers highlight why this makes me nervous. So the papers that we'll look at are, um, uh, the first is an EMNLP paper from this last year called Reporting Score Distributions Makes a Difference, Performance Study of LSTM Networks for Sequence Tagging. And this is by Nils Reimers and Irina Grievich at uh, the University of Darmstadt in Germany. that's um, got a German name that I'm not going to try to pronounce, but I hope I got that right. Uh, and then the second paper is called Deep Reinforcement Learning That Matters, and it's by uh, folks at the University of Montreal and Maluba. So uh, just to mention this first paper, uh, they try to reproduce the result. They, they take open source code from uh, some neural nets that were trained for named entity recognition. Uh, we I'm not going to even bother telling you which, which systems those are. Uh, we'll call them system A and system B. System A reported a number in their paper that was higher than system B's number. And so this work uh, took both of those systems and retrained them lots of times to see what performance they got, uh, really. Um, and system A, so they ran each of these systems uh, tens of times. One of them was 41, one of them was 86. Uh, and they got distributions of numbers over training runs, where the only thing that was different was the random seat. So now we can look at the distribution of results you get from uh, from uh, method A and the distribution you get from method B and use some statistic like the mean and decide that hey, maybe this is uh, on average if you like uh, if we sample one um, one random uh, random initialization maybe this method will work better. Right, and so what they found was that these distributions are actually different, uh, which. Um, is good for one of the methods, right? Because that means one of the methods is probably better than the other one uh, in some sense. Uh, but what they found was that on average, over training runs, system B was better than system A. Whereas if you just looked at the performance metrics that were reported in the paper, system A reported a higher number than system B. And it turned out that system A reported a number that was very uh, that was essentially the max of the training distribution that this current paper found, whereas system B reported a number that was uh, essentially the mean of the training distribution um, that this paper found by rerunning their results lots of their rerunning their code lots of times. 
So there are like, uh, like there are two ch two chances, uh, two like uh, explanations for just like one of them is like they got very lucky and the one uh, experiment they ran they got the like almost the best result they could have from this uh, from with this method. The other that uh, the like they ran a hundred experiments and picked the best one and reported it. It's actually quite likely that it's the second, um, and in in fact it, it's really easy to do this in in a totally innocent, well-meaning way. You just do a, a large grid search over hyperparameters. And if the effect of your hyperparameters is smaller than the effect of the random seed, which might actually be the case, you're effectively doing lots of samples from this training distribution. So uh, what does this actually tell us? That's the question. That's very interesting. Is the paper, uh, like the paper is highlighting this problem, right? And uh, did it propose a method for solving it, or for like? I guess one one obvious solution is to like, like actually run multiple experiments and uh, like with the same hyperparameters and report the the mean result. Uh, but yeah, I don't know that people do that. Yeah, as as the title of the paper says, reporting score distributions matters, and their point is is that we really should not be reporting the max of these training distributions because that's really kind of a meaningless metric. And unfortunately, that's what leaderboards encourage us to do. Um, so uh, not, not to pick on people that run leaderboards, but actually I think it encourages bad science. When someone gets the best result on a leaderboard, it's really hard to know if that's just because they sampled the heck out of their training distribution and found a really good result, or if they actually have a method that's in some sense statistically better. This is even confounded by the fact that this notion of statistical significance is different from the notion that you might typically think of when, when you see this. Um, so it, if you're, at, say, at comparing two parsing models on the pen tree bank, uh, each of these, so each parser uh, makes a bunch of attachment decisions and you can see whether one model does statistically better than another model on attachment decisions, right? But, uh, and, and then we have typical statistics uh, statistical significance metrics that people use, and it's really good that they use this. Um, but still, that's not even the right information that we're talking about here, right? Because that's, a, that's one model is statistically better than one other model. And um, the issue that's going on in, in this paper is actually that model came from a distribution over parameters that, that resulted from a training from some training algorithm. And it's, is that training algorithm statistically better than some other training algorithm, and that's not tested at all by this standard notion of statistical significance. Right. To what extent uh, do you feel like uh, the like the trend of using deep learning methods uh, for for almost or or, or NLP tests have uh, have a confounding factor there? Uh, it, it seems to me that we didn't have as much of a problem when we uh, when we when the like the objectives we we, we optimized tended to be convex. Uh, there, like the effect of random initialization was not nearly as important. Yeah, those are those are um, good points. Uh, I think cross validation uh, does get at this issue a little bit because you're you're running multiple training runs over different data sets, not the same data set, but it, it's at least close to what's going on here. Um, so when you run cross validation, like tenfold cross validation or whatever, so you you actually train your model ten times. Uh, uh, and then you report averages over um, different, e either the same 
uh, validation set or whatever, um, but you, you use different training data to do this. Uh, that helps alleviate these issues. I think we don't do that typically as much these days because these networks are so hard to train and they take so long. Um, I, I can't really remember any papers recently that I've seen. Maybe I am just, just have a poor memory, but I can't really remember papers that, that do cross-validation with neural nets. It's just too expensive. But, but it, it leads to bad science, right? We're making erroneous conclusions because we're just reporting the max from our training distribution. Yeah, great point. Thank you for bringing, uh, putting that out. Uh, is there another paper that uh, you want to? Oh, right. I didn't, I didn't mention this other paper. So um, it does, it, it makes very much the same point, uh, at least part of the paper. I said I'm cherry picking results. Um, so this other paper called Deep Reinforcement Learning That Matters makes a very similar point about reinforcement learning. Um, the, the first paper did this in the context of NLP, so I focused on it, but this other paper makes a very similar point. They have a really interesting section. Um, uh, there's a figure that's figure five in the paper, if you want to look at it. What they did was um, they're training policy gradient methods to do a, con a control problem in reinforcement learning. You're trying to, to figure out um, how to control a robot in simulation, essentially. Uh, and they show performance according to some metric that isn't important here over time as this reinforcement learning method is learning. And they ran the learning algorithm 10 times where the only thing that was different was the random seed. And they split this into two different sets of five runs each. And then reported average results from the five runs uh, that really it's from the same distribution, but they're pretending that it's from two different distributions just to see if, if statistical significance tests uh, will, tell, will, will tease these apart. And they show in their figure that actually these distributions look very different, which means the, the, essentially that the variance in, in training is high enough that even taking a small sample from this can, can make you think that uh, one method is better than the other, that, that, that these two distributions are different unless you're really careful about the statistics that you compute. Because probably looking at this uh, like a, a sound statistical test would not say these two things are different because the sample size is so small. But if you're just looking at the plot, uh, they look like they get very different performance, even though the only difference is that they is, is the random seed. Yeah, and I'm looking at the numbers. Um, the metric they're using is average return. Uh, like there, there is like, we're talking about at any like given time step. Uh, we're talking about a, a difference of maybe 25 or 30 percent. Uh, difference in the total result, which is pretty big. Yeah, and, and the point here is that even reporting averages on a small number of samples can lead you to bad conclusions. And so you really need to be careful uh, or you're going to just make non-scientific invalid conclusions. So um, if you're looking at papers, if you want to actually follow along the paper, I think um, figure two in the reporting score distributions makes a difference paper, the NER paper, is really nice. This, it would be lovely if, if all um, results uh, were reported like this. It's, got the, it's, it's called a violin plot. It shows two distributions next to each other from performance over training runs for two different methods. It's, it, uh, I really like this. I mean, um, it's, it's not really practical. <coughs> In a lot of cases, we, want, we don't want to just like compare two numbers right, or two methods. We have a large number of methods that we want to compare to. Uh, oftentimes, we don't have access to the code that, where we can actually recompute this distribution. 
uh, there are many different configurations. Maybe you're trying to uh, compute like dependency uh, parsing results for large number of, of languages. Each of these pairwise comparisons and for every language you'll need to create a uh, one of these uh, graphs. Okay, that, that's a totally fair point. So uh, let me amend my recommendation slightly. And that is that any paper these days that is published with, neural, with, with a significant training variants should report a mean and a standard deviation at least yeah. for many runs of their of, of training their algorithm. That makes sense. How many runs do you think is reasonable? Uh, the more that you can do, the, the better the statistical tests that other people can do to compare to your work. And how many that requires? Well, statistics will tell you that, right? Uh, if the, the more the better, I guess, is all you can say. But um, uh, yeah, we, we won't go into the power of statistical tests. You can look at a statistics text textbook for that. Sounds good. Thank you very much for, uh, for this interesting discussion.